Today, Cranford Radio returns, I guess you could say, to its alma mater, Lincoln School. And I'm not here so much to celebrate my days at Lincoln School, but to speak with the superintendent of the Cranford Public School System, Dr. Scott Rubin. Dr. Rubin, thank you so much for joining me. Bernie, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to sit down uh, with the voice of Cranford. As we've done in the past with, with these interviews, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. It's been just less than a year that you've been here in the Cranford Public School System. Hopefully you've had a chance to get somewhat settled here in Cranford. But it's always nice to know a little bit about the person beyond just the issues that are facing the Cranford Public Schools, although we may touch on those a little bit later. I'd like to know a little bit about you. So why don't we start off at the beginning? Tell me about where you grew up and where you went to school, please. Absolutely. Uh, I was uh, born in New Jersey uh, in uh, Monmouth County in a place called uh, Manalapan. Uh, went to uh, Rutgers College uh, here again, stayed in New Jersey, and then uh, I graduated as an English major and a philosophy minor, and then went back to school, uh, Kane University, uh, got my master's in educational administration, and then also got my doctorate at Kane University as well. Were you expecting when you were at Rutgers in your undergraduate days to be going into the education field? Well, I'll tell you what, anytime you've got philosophy, either as a major or a minor, uh, it, it means, uh, you know, it's wonderful that you have that passion, but maybe you weren't thinking so far ahead of, of what you were going to do with that. And so uh, that certainly was the, the case uh, with me. I really, when I graduated college, uh, you know, it was a wonderful education, uh, but at the same time, I really did not know what the future held for me. And so I actually had a, a cousin that was a teacher in Newark, and she suggested to me, you know, I think you'd make a very good teacher. And so uh, uh, she said, you know what, I, I'm in Newark. Uh, they're looking for substitutes. Why don't you try substituting? If you like it, you know, you can go back for teaching. And so uh, that sounded like a, a, a great logical uh, argument. And so I did. I went over to, uh, to Newark, uh, got my substitute certificate, uh, started in the classroom, and I absolutely loved it. You know, I, I always talk to people about that, you know, when you see that light bulb moment occur, when you talk with a student and, and know that you made a difference. And as, as soon as that happened for me, I was hooked. I went back uh, uh, to Kane uh, to get my teacher's certificate, um, and, uh, and that's when actually Elizabeth hired me as, a, as an elementary school teacher. So tell me about the years in Elizabeth. What was that like? It, it also uh, wonderful. Uh, I was fortunate to be uh, working with uh, wonderful professionals around me that really took me under their wing. You know, teaching is a, is a very difficult profession. It's very complex. And so if you don't have people around you guiding you, helping you, mentoring you, uh, it could become a very isolating and very defeating kind of proposition. And fortunately, uh, they were just terrific. And so they took me under their wing. I, uh, I started uh, as an elementary school teacher, like I said. I taught first grade, uh, fifth grade, uh, and then ultimately ultimately became a uh, technology, or I guess they called it a teaching technology coordinator. And so my job was to uh, help other teachers infuse technology uh, in their lessons. And so it was just a, a fabulous experience. A district like Elizabeth, obviously much different from Cranford, at least in terms of its size and the number of schools. How would you compare Elizabeth and Cranford? I, you know what I found? It's very interesting um, because people also uh, ask about, you know, whether your prior experiences uh, help you in your current experiences. And I would say that uh, everything I learned uh, in Elizabeth at, at that early stage, I really took all of those lessons with me uh, all throughout all of the uh, different districts that I've worked in. And, and what, I've, what I've come to, to know is really, you know, sort of those core tenets. If you, if you are in it for the right reasons uh, and, you, and you genuinely uh, care 
uh, for students and really want to make a difference and you're respectful and kind and, and, and really work hard at your craft, you know, those sorts of things will, will help someone be successful with students no matter where they go. So, you know, students everywhere all want to be cared for. They all want to know that they're important and they all want to learn. And so if you come at it from that viewpoint, you know, all the districts aren't all that different. After Elizabeth, tell me about what uh, took place after that. When I was in Elizabeth, the state uh, offered a uh, a one-year fellowship. That's the only year I know that they've offered it, uh, and it was called uh, Technology, Mentoring, and Modeling. And what they did was they would take a uh, person from each county and relocate them. They would have a fellowship for that one year, relocate them. At that time, each county had what was known as an ETTC. It was an Educational Technology Training Center. And so you would uh, be placed there and, and really sort of do what I did as the Teaching Technology Coordinator, but just on a grander scale. You would help mentor and model, uh, you know, uh, technology practices uh, for teachers in the county and across the state. So did a lot of presenting, uh, worked with teachers. It was just a, a wonderful experience. Uh, and then at the end of that fellowship, uh, that ETTC is actually located on the campus uh, of the Union County Vocational Technical Schools in Scotch Plains. So at that time, after I finished the fellowship, uh, Dr. Bistoki, who was the superintendent there, uh, asked me to stay, and I actually became the first information technology teacher as they were building a brand new high school called the Academy for Information Technology. Now, information technology is something that changes very rapidly. I sometimes tell people I was in the first computer class that they ever taught in the Cranford Public School System back in 1973-74, I think it was, at the high school. And what we had then was teletype machines that had punch tapes that you communicated. You dialed up to a computer at FDU that you would communicate with that through an acoustic coupler and run programs with basic language. Tell me a little bit about what the technology was like by the time you became an information technologist in the school system. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, you know, there, obviously programming uh, w is still something that was uh, important at that time, but we're also taking a look at technology in terms of, you know, what, what you can do, what kind of products you can, you can uh, you know, how you can solve authentic real problems. And so, truthfully, I mean, that is really where, where we still are today in, in moving forward, because right now we're in the, the middle of this innovation era that is really prompted and spurred on by this amazing advances in technology. And so it used to be a long time ago that what was most important, you know, is that you had the most knowledge, right? Now the internet sort of, uh, you know, really put us all on that same ground because you can always look up that information. Now it's, it's really important that, you know, what to do with that information, how to apply that information, how you can solve problems, how you can work with others. So at that time, we were still really focused on sort of the 21st century skills and how to equip our students. The landscape has changed in the types of things that you can uh, do now with the advances in technology, but still, and, and Cranford uh, really, uh, you know, has been looking at that personalized learning and, and using technology and 21st century standards, uh, you know, for several years now. And so we, we do need to continue to move in that direction. And, and equip our students in the best way to deal with this changing landscape and this innovation era. You went to Kane. You got that administration degree for the master's. How did you start using that? 
again, I, you know, I have always been very fortunate to be surrounded by wonderful people uh, that really, you know, uh, took an interest and, and, and helped to further my, my career and uh, helped me to become a better, you know, uh, educator. And so when I was at the Informa Academy for Information Technology, um, I uh, taught, you know, freshmen, I taught uh, high school uh, juniors and seniors, and at some point they elevated me to a uh, teaching supervisor. And so, uh, you know, at that point, then I was helping teachers, you know, improve, you know, their uh, in instructional practice. Uh, and then ultimately, uh, the superintendent at that time wanted to create a brand new high school uh, called the Academy for Performing Arts and asked if I would, you know, sort of lead a team of folks uh, to try to make that a reality. And so it, it was just a wonderful experience, you know, working with a whole group of people trying to figure out how do you get program approval for, for the state uh, for a, a brand new high school, you know, uh, hiring folks to help further that vision, uh, working on curriculum, traveling around the state to see, you know, what best practices are out there. Uh, people were very candid about what worked for them, what didn't. And so that was just uh, an extraordinary experience. Uh, and so, uh, you know, very proud of that. It, it did come to fruition and it actually had one very innovative uh, wrinkle to that program. Uh, the fourth year, uh, we had a partnership with Kane University so that uh, the students in their senior year, all of them would go over to Kane University so by the time and take a full freshman college course load of cl classes. So by the time they finished uh, their four-year experience, they earned their high school diploma and they also finished their first year of college uh, and amassed at least, a, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of about 30 credits. And so some of those folks actually just started as sophomores, uh, you know, after they finished their high school experience. So uh, very fortunate to, to work with all of those individuals uh, to make that happen. Cranford is not the first district you've been a superintendent in, is it? No. So uh, after uh, my experiences uh, with the Academy for Performing Arts, uh, there was a, a time there where one of my colleagues had uh, left to go to the State Department. They were the principal over at another one of the high schools. And at that time, I was tasked with being the principal of both of those high schools. And uh, again, a, a wonderful experience. But after a while, I started to realize, you know what, I've really sort of gotten, you know, some of these experiences that transcend the normal, uh, you know, principal experiences and really have a lot of central office experience. I, you know, there's there's ways that I could impact an even greater amount of students at a higher level as superintendent. And so the East Hanover job opening, uh, you know, occurred. I saw that and I applied for that and I was fortunate enough to get that position. How long were you in East Hanover for? I was in there for three years. Uh, it was a, a, a wonderful experience. Again, fortunate to be surrounded by terrific people. Uh, together, we created a, a brand new strategic plan. Uh, we implemented full-day kindergarten. That was very important to the community and also very important to me. We were also able to establish a one-to-one -one initiative. Uh, we enhanced uh, the uh, safety and culture initiatives. Uh, all the schools were named a school of character. I mean, it was really, uh, again, a great uh, many people that were able to work together to make those things happen. So an exciting time. It's been, as I mentioned at the beginning, a uh, little less than a year since you came to Cranford. What were some of your early impressions of Cranford when you first arrived? I will tell you, uh, even before I talk about the first impressions, because I, I, I knew about Cranford, uh, not only because I was over at UCVTS, you know, in, in the county, worked in Elizabeth, I was in the county. I also have uh, some relatives that live in Cranford. So I had taken in uh, some sporting events and some plays and, and even had holidays here. Uh, and, and truthfully, 
Cranford's reputation, even if I was not uh, sort of a member of the Union County community, uh, it reaches far and wide. I mean, you know, Cranford really does have a very proud uh, tradition and, and outstanding legacy. So I knew coming into Cranford, I and mean, that's the reason why I applied in the first place, right? I couldn't pass up that kind of an opportunity. Uh, so I knew coming in just how wonderful Cranford was. I am, though, in, in, in very proud to say in a very short period of time, I could affirm all the, all the, the, the reasons of why uh, Cranford has that legacy. I mean, truthfully, the, the outpouring of support from all stakeholders when it comes to Cranford as a community, but also, more importantly, as a, as a, as a, as a, commu as a school community, is just, it's awesome. It's extraordinary. You've got uh, phenomenal faculty and, and administrators. You've got terrific students. You've got parents uh, that genuinely care and volunteer all their time to work with us. You've got a uh, uh, you know Mayor Hannon and the Township uh, Council. All of the uh, uh, committees, uh, the different areas, the uh, uh, fire chief, uh, OEM, and police. I mean, Chief Greco, Chief Check, uh, Matt Lubin, everybody. Uh, is there at a moment's notice to offer support if 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 you need something and and if you don't need something uh, immediately they're always offering well just let us know when you need something you know uh, I I really truthfully believe that the motto for Cranford should be you know anything for our kids because uh, there is nothing that they wouldn't do for us uh, the the other uh, uh, body uh, really that that really shines here is the board of education I have never ever worked with a harder working Board of Education or a Board of Education that is more caring about what is best for students. They work tirelessly to make sure that all teachers uh, and administrators and students have all of the resources and things that they need uh, to be successful. So uh, my first impressions are the same as my impressions right now. I, 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 am, I, I consider myself very fortunate uh, to be a part of the Cranford community. With Cranford's reputation preceding it even before you applied for the position of superintendent. I'm sure you've come in with some goals of your own. Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you'd like to accomplish while you're here in Cranford. Uh, you know, I, I'm a very collaborative person. You know, uh, Cranford obviously, uh, it, you know, is an outstanding uh, academic, uh, offers an outstanding academic program. And so my goal here is to really enhance that 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 program and to work with everyone because I, I do believe that through mul multiple lenses, you really get uh, a more accurate picture. So, you know, ever since I've been here, I sort of, I'll always be on that perpetual look, listen, and learn tour. And so I use all of that information and, uh, you know, combine that with what I'm seeing in order to you know provide uh, the enhancements and support uh, that I that I think is is needed. Now uh, all of that really sort of culminates with strategic planning. And so uh, one of our largest goals right now is we're in the midst of our strategic planning initiative. The uh, current strategic plan ends at the end of this year. Uh, those people who aren't familiar with strategic planning, it really is just that you are charting your course for the future. So you're taking a look at right now what is the uh, candid, candidly taking a, an honest view of your uh, school system right now in all facets, uh, and then looking into the future and taking a look at what is it that is, what are your dreams for the future in the in the you know what are your dreams for the future, and then how to connect the two and creating an action plan to bridge the two and then executing that. So right now, uh, in the you know I guess a couple of months ago, we sent out a survey uh, to get information from the uh, community, uh, and then we've had a community meeting. I also 
we put together a strategic planning council uh, that's comprised of about 60 members of not just the school community, but the larger community as well. And so we've been meeting uh, to discuss our, our vision and our mission and to uh, sort of take a look at outlining broad goals. Now what we're going to do is refine that information. Uh, soon, we'll be sending that out to the community for a comment. Uh, once we uh, get feedback, we'll bring that back in and then start to create the, the action plan. Again, we'll bring that back out to the community uh, for comment, school and greater community, and then refine those and then send it out one you know final time once uh, you know everyone's in a comfortable place and we've got a consensus. So uh, that's a huge undertaking. Uh, I can't thank the people uh, who already have spent tireless hours helping us uh, you know bring that to fruition and uh, look forward to the community input as we move forward there. But that will really help shape you know the next five years uh, of, of Cranford. When you look ahead at those next five years, there are also challenges that every school district faces, every enterprise of this size would face. Some of them are internal, some of them are external, for instance, federal, state regulations and laws. What are some of the challenges in broad brush strokes that you're looking at? Well, you know, I, always the challenge is to try to uh, stretch the dollars as far as they will go. Uh, you've got all sorts of uh, different constraints. Obviously, we want to be, uh, not only do we want to be, we are going to be uh, fiscally responsible and make sure that we are using uh, tax dollars uh, appropriately. Uh, you know, if you had a limitless amount of money, right, you you, you know, you can do various things uh, maybe quicker than, than uh, uh, ordinarily you could. Uh, but that's always a constraint that all districts have, especially in New Jersey. Jersey is uh, is 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 doing more with less, uh, and so uh, that's one we happily take on because we really do believe in uh, fiscal responsibility. While at the same time, we need to move you know the district forward. Uh, so that's something that that all districts uh, take a look at. Uh, obviously, as as new laws are written, you know we take a look at what those are and how they can uh, can apply to uh, to Cranford. I'll tell you one that really uh, sort of hits home uh, directly with Cranford uh, is full day kindergarten. You know I know through the strategic planning survey that that is something that's very important in the minds of our community members, and it also is very important uh, to me. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work with folks uh, and be able to make that a reality in my prior district, um, and, and I, it is very important, and I know the board has set it as one of their goals is to you know explore options in order to make full-day kindergarten a reality, and so we are very much committed to that. Uh, if it was easy, it would have already been done, <laughs> So, uh, but we are fully committed to do it, and we will make that happen. Uh, we will figure out a way to make full-day kindergarten uh, a reality. So that's something that we're taking a look at. Um, I would also say that... Um you know, for school districts and for me personally, uh, and I know it from our administrative team and our faculty and all of our uh, partners in the community, you know, you know, safety is always our number one priority. And so we're always looking at ways uh, to enhance safety initiatives. Uh, I know given uh, recent tragic events, I know that, that there's a greater sensitivity uh, towards that area now in the minds of the public. Uh, and I just want to say that that is something that we continually uh, are working on. And, uh, you know, we've got very safe schools but it is very important that we continue those conversations and, and look towards uh, improving uh, our district in that area all the time. And when I talk about um, safety, I mean it, in, I mean it in, in sort of two areas, not just security, but also wellness. Uh, how can we promote, uh, you know, those and attend to those social emotional needs of all of our students? And so, uh, you know, that is definitely going to be a product of our strategic planning process, but we don't have to wait to the end of strategic planning uh, to enhance those areas. And we're well on our way uh, to making, uh, you know, improvements in those areas, too. 
Today on Cranford Radio, we've had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Scott Rubin, the superintendent of schools in Cranford. Dr. Rubin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Bernie, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to talking to you again in the future.